Well, today, when you leave today, I want there to be a bubble around you of hope. So when the devil comes to steal, he comes near you and says, wait a minute. Hallelujah. We are the people of God. Amen. He says, wait a minute. I won't go near he or she because of the hope they have in Jesus. Amen. Is he worthy? Yes, he is. Hallelujah. When the devil sees that hope in you, he will flee. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we invite your spirit, spirit of the living God, come to us today. Fill us with hope. Amen. Let hopelessness leave and flee in the name of Jesus because our God is not a God of hopelessness. He is the God of all possibilities. He is worthy. He is still on the throne. He is still blessing his people and he is still causing miracles to happen even now. Hallelujah. And devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We will have hope in our God. He is the God of all possibilities. You have no authority over any of his people, those that belong to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's be seated. Today we're going to talk about hope, amen. Do you ever feel like hope begins to wane? It begins to, do you have a hope meter? You know, we're always looking at the gauges in our cars, aren't we? How's my oil? How's my gas? How's the temperature? How's the, not just the temperature of the car, but even the AC, is it working right? We have all these gauges in our car. That's the, that's the cry of hope right there. But we have all these gauges that we look on a daily basis, but do we ever stop and think about our hope meter? Do you ever take a moment to think about your hope meter? Let's be honest. Has hope been on the decline for anybody here? You want to be brave? Has hope been on the decline? Hopelessness in certain situations, finances, relationship, marriages. There's a lot of things we hope for on a weekly basis. Am I wrong? What are some of the things you hope for? Anybody want to uh, just yell it out? What are some of the things you hope for? God's kingdom come. Ooh, that's a big one. God's kingdom come, it will be done. What else do we hope for? You ever have any broken relationships? Anybody experience that? No, nobody here, right? Nobody here. Well, we are here to have hope in a God that causes all hope. We're going to look at Genesis 41, and we're going to read Genesis 41, 28 through 40. This is what we're going to look at today. Today's sermon is, when there is no hope, do we ever find ourselves in that spot? Times, some recently, I have to say just in general, my store's been having a really month October. There have been tumbleweeds coming through my store. It's been so quiet. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I was thinking, how in the world am I going to make my numbers? How in the world am I going to keep my uh, salespeople active? Why aren't they bringing in more sales? How can we reach out? Blah, 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 blah. And if I'm not careful, I get so wrapped up in that world, I start to feel hopeless. Ah, October's a loss. This is a terrible month. And before you know it, it starts to affect me. I start coming home. I'm crabby. I'm irritable. I'm moody. Sorry about that, hon. She doesn't notice it ever. But I will tell you, we're going to look at a couple stories today. One is from the ancient days, from Genesis 41, which is the life of Joseph. Don't you like Joseph? 
And then one is also from a friend of mine who is the, uh, he's the uh, assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God. So he's number two, number two guy in the nation. His name is Alton Garrison. Really cool guy. We hit it off. He likes watches. I like watches, all that stuff. So we hit it off and he uh, shared a story, which I'll share with you today. But the crazy thing about Joseph is Joseph got called in to interpret a horrible nightmare. Anybody here have a nightmare within the last week? Nobody? Oh, we have a couple. They're unsettling, are they not? I had a dream last night. I couldn't find the keys to my cars. I had two cars in this garage, and I couldn't find the keys, and I'm searching all over, and I feel the anxiety and the stress, and I'm sure if I woke up, my heart was racing because I'm trying to find, how can I not find these keys? Well, in the case Sometimes, in the case of the Pharaoh, he had this incredibly terrible nightmare. Do you want me to tell you about it? All right. So what happened with the Pharaoh? He goes to sleep. He has the dream of the beautiful Nile River. The Nile's running down, or I should say heading north to the Mediterranean. And there's seven beautiful, fat, juicy, plump cows. We like cows, don't we? For my anniversary, I took Jana to this steakhouse at the Wynn. The vegetarian will even have a bite of filet mignon when we're at SW Steakhouse. Usually about three little bites. And she knows how good the filets are. So here's the Pharaoh dreaming about these beautiful walking filets. Filet mignon walking along the side of the Nile, big beautiful cows, and all of a sudden seven scrawny ugly cows come up and swallow the fat beautiful plump cows. What is that all about? But when the scrawny disgusting ugly cows swallowed the plump fat cows, the scrawny ones were still just as grossly scrawny and withered. Then he has a dream of seven beautiful stalks of grain that sprout up. Gorgeous, beautiful grain stalks. And they look like they're ready just to be mm, taken up and made into something. And all of a sudden, seven gross, scorched, withered stalks of grain come up and gobble up those beautiful seven beautiful ones. He cannot figure out what's going on. Have you heard this story? He cannot figure out what this crazy dream means. In comes Joseph. So when you have a dream like that, hope, your hope meter might take a dive. What does this mean? This is something very troubling. Something very wrong is going on. But what does he do? He calls upon Joseph. So let's go ahead and pick up Genesis 41. And we'll start with 28. Joseph is talking to Pharaoh to explain this terrible nightmare to him. And he says this, It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance of Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God. And God will do it soon. 
Now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Ooh, here's the hope zone. The hope zone is kicking in. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in these cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. Are you ready to hear more of the hope zone? The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made this all known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all of my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Lord, thank you for this word. May we be blessed because of it. May we learn from it. May we have greater hope in you because of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God has a plan, does he not? Do you believe that God has a plan? You've heard that your whole life, haven't you? God has a plan for my life. It's so true. It's 100% true, but you know who else has a plan for you? The devil. He has some plans too. Have you ever experienced those plans? <laughs> Have you ever felt the singeing moment of those plans? And you know what he tries to do with his plans? He tries to take the hope that you have in the Lord and steal it from you. Don't you hate burglars? <laughs> do you have any burglary here in Overton and Logandale? Have you heard it happening? We don't like burglars, do we? The biggest burglar in the universe is the devil. And he will take from you again and again and again. And when life gets challenging, has it been challenging for anybody here? When life gets challenging, let me tell you, that's hard to have hope. But when there is no hope, there is staring at you the greatest hope. Amen? The greatest hope. He is the hope that we have. One of the biggest killer of people is losing their hope. Have you ever met someone like that? Where hope has just been lost? Let's look at Joseph. I'm just going to talk about him briefly. Joseph was the favorite son. Are we supposed to have favorites? Let's not talk about that too much, all right? Joseph was the favorite son out of that whole group. He was blessed of the Lord. Isn't that a cool thing to say? Hey, I'm Pop's favorite and the Lord has blessed me. He was self-assured. He was so self-assured he got on the nerves of others, didn't he? Didn't he? They're like, oh my goodness, this guy just, he, he won't quit bragging. <laughs> and not only that, but he was super confident. But there was something that would be in the life of Joseph that would try to steal his hope. There were terrible things that happened to Joseph, just as though in life there are things that come against us. Am I wrong? It, things come against us. What happened to Joseph? His brothers, did they love or hate him? I guess it depends on who you asked, but I'll tell you one thing. It looks, when you read Scripture, as though they did not dig this dude at all. So not only was he hated by his own brothers, you know who ended up loving him? 
Slave traders. That's the last group of people you want to love you, right? You don't want slave traders to like you that much. And not only that, but then when he was uh, serving in the house of his master, the master's wife accused him of terrible crimes. So hated by the people that should love him, loved by the people that shouldn't want anything to do with him, and the master's wife accusing him of heinous crimes in the palace. And then guess what happened? Incarcerated on false accusations. Have you ever had false accusations come against you? Or you heard someone say something, you think, that is so not true about me. He actually served time for being accused of something, and the only one that can get him out of prison forgot him. What a rough moment. This guy, is, there's a lot of things that came against Joseph that could have taken and stolen the hope right out of his heart. But let me tell you a story about my friend Alton Garrison. He's the, the superintendent, the assistant superintendent of Assemblies of God. He's based out of Missouri. In fact, I'll probably text him later today. Great guy. His father, Alton's father, was a huge sinner. He was an alcoholic. He was going towards ruin. He was a father and a husband, but also serving alcohol to where it almost destroyed his life. But guess what happened to Alton's father? He changed his life for Jesus. Is he worthy? Yes, he is. Hallelujah. He changed. He went from a sinner to a saint. He went from an alcoholic to studying scripture and getting licensed and becoming a pastor. He went from one moment being trapped in sin to being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Isn't that the kind of hope and transformation that we all want in our lives? That's exactly what we want. His father went from imprisoned by the devil to set free by Jesus. That's a moment of hope right there. And one thing that would come to challenge him and steal his hope, I'm going to tell you about in a little bit. Because as we all know, we go on this journey and along the way are moments that really test us. Don't you love tests? You're thinking, no. (laughs) Don't we love Jesus though? Hallelujah. We're thinking, yes. Get us through, Lord God. Satan comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy just like he tried to in Alton's father's life. But not only that, today for our purposes, we'll say the devil comes to kill hope in the lives of God's people. He comes to try to steal hope in the lives of God's people. And he tries to destroy that hope in God in the lives of God's people. So when you feel like there is no hope, there's only one way to look. And today we're going to talk about a God who causes hope to occur in even the darkest times in our lives. Amen. So first thing I wanted to mention this morning is, Well, first, you know, going back to what I said, forget the devil's plans. Focus on God's plans. Amen? Forget whatever the devil has planned for you and focus on the plans God has for you. But the first thing I wanted to mention this is don't get stuck in the why zone. Why is this happening to me? Have you been there? In fact, I wanted to read something to you. You're traveling through another dimension, a time not only of sight and sound, and of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Y zone. We don't want to get stuck in the Y zone. Why me? 
Be careful not to get stuck in the Y zone. Joseph could have done that, couldn't he? I'm the most favorite. I'm the most cherished son. I'm the big shot around here. I can interpret dreams. Anybody wants wisdoms coming to me. Why am I all of a sudden hated, put in a pit, sold to slave traders, put into a prison, put into a palace house, sold into that slavery originally, and now I'm imprisoned? There's a moment that we can feel justified to say, Why me, Lord? Isn't that a natural human reaction? Is that your reaction? Why? <laughs> Por qué? If you're in France, you might say, Pourquoi? <laughs> Why, Lord? Why? Joseph, when he was in Canaan, I just want to mention this, he went from that most loved, cherished position, the most favored to the most hated, almost murdered, thrown in a pit, sold to those traitors. And when he got to Egypt, it's almost as though it didn't get better. Have you ever thought doing something different might make things get better? And you think, I'm hopeful that if I move here, if I change this thing in my life, I'm hopeful that it'll get better. But once he got to Egypt, it's almost as though it got worse. In Egypt, he was accused of sexual assault. He was arrested and he was thrown in prison. And as I told you before, the one guy that had the evidence to get him out forgot him. Not a cool thing to happen. Alton Garrison's father, I'll tell you about him a little bit. When his father stopped serving alcohol and stopped serving Jesus, and may that be all of us, amen? When he stopped serving drinking and he started serving the Lord and he became a pastor, something happened in him. He had a new hope to live for. Hallelujah. But then guess what happened? A challenge arose. One day, Alton's father, as a minister in God, alcohol-free, the whole deal, living in victory, was pinned against a wall by a very strong horse. And this horse pushed against him and the wall so bad that it literally crushed Alton's father's back. And it crushed his entire spine. And then when they took him to the hospital, this man who is now serving the Lord and being free from addiction is all of a sudden hearing that he will never walk again. Talk about a hope killer. This is one of the top guys in the Assemblies of God, and this is what his family went through. From victory to becoming a pastor to now being crushed against a wall and spine crushed. And guess whose voice was there to whisper in his ear? The devil was right there. And you know what Alton records the devil telling his father in this moment? You will never preach again. You will never be able to worship before the Lord again. You will never be able to dance before the Lord again in his house. And he was there to kill his father's hope. And not long after this moment, he was also diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And guess what the wife said? Why? Is it okay to ask the Lord that? Why? I think he's big enough. Why, Lord, would you allow this to happen? Tell me the truth. Have you ever asked that? <laughs> Why, Lord, would you allow this to happen? Why would you allow fill in the blank? Amen? Why would you allow? Be careful, though, when you get into that moment because it's a trap. Do you ever 
Do you ever think about this idea of traps? I don't like traps. I set one for myself uh, yesterday. I knew I put this one little floss in my bathroom on the wrong ledge, and I thought, I wonder how long it'll be able to stay there without me knocking it over. I knocked it over this morning. So my little trap that I set myself just to see how long it would go, it only lasted less than probably 12 hours. <laughs> and I told my wife about it. Because in our house, we have little things that are always waiting to get knocked over. I'm like, ooh, that was a good one, hon. That was a good trap. Well, I set myself one. But we never want to get stuck in a trap, amen? We never want to forget that we are the people of what? Hope and faith. Don't forget who you are. Amen? We are the people of faith. We are the people of hope. We are not only that, we're the people of great expectations of a God that we can lay our expectations on. Amen? He is big enough. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We can hope even though we don't see it. What kind of God tells us to do that? A God of miracles, that's who, amen. Keep hoping, we are the people of God. These are moments we have to remember that faith still moves mountains. Do you believe that, church? Faith still moves mountains, so don't get stuck in the Y zone. You can ask it, but don't get stuck there, amen. Jesus is the one, I mean, when you think about those sand traps at the golf course, Jesus is like that sand wedge to get you right out of there, amen? Oh, I need to get out of the sand. Okay, let me see, I'm going to do my stance right for you because I've been practicing. That's the moment Jesus gets you out of that trap. Hallelujah. Jesus had the mountain of humanity's sin to deal with, to move it, and to destroy it. And I have to tell you, God loves us so much. Do you believe that? He loves us so much that we are worth the life of His very Son. Can you believe that? We are worth that much. That's why at the cross He could say, it is finished. He's the God that finishes things. Are you a finisher? Or do you start things and drop it? <laughs> I can be both. Sometimes Janet gives me things to get done because she thinks I'm good at getting things accomplished. She says, give it to a busy person. But I have to tell you, the second thing I wanted us to look at this morning is this. Go ahead and switch over to second. Your response matters more than your circumstance. The response is everything. A Joseph attitude is what we're talking about today. And a Joseph attitude and response matters more than the challenge or the circumstance. So that means we don't let the devil steal our hope. Amen. We go to the enemy's camp and we take back what he stole from us. And you know why you do that? Because he's under your feet he's under my feet hallelujah joseph you remember he got placed in that beautiful house all of a sudden he got let out of prison and he got put in charge of potiphar's house and guess what happened the wife tries potiphar's wife not joseph's wife potiphar's wife tries to seduce joseph and he responds in a joseph attitude way what does he do he says absolutely not how wicked I will not sin against the Lord. And off to prison he goes. Have you ever made the right decision where you paid a price for it? This is a classic example of that. Off to prison he went for doing the right thing. But in prison, 
there's still hope to be found because the Lord blessed Joseph so much, the prison warden ends up liking this dude so much that he puts him in charge, not just of one prisoner, two prisoners, three prisoners, he puts him in charge of the whole prison. Joseph had favor, but isn't that what happens when you're in the family of God? Joseph had favor. Joseph was so likable and trustworthy the warden let him run the whole joint. Big shot. Isn't that a great story? Alton's father refused to believe that he would not recover from a broken spine. He refused to believe the lies of the devil. And that's what the devil does, does he not? He comes and he speaks his native language, which is lies, right into our ears. And let me tell you, Alton's father prayed and believed and hoped for recovery from that spine injury. And one day, you want to hear something miraculous? One day in the hospital, as he's there, people are going about their business, nurses are running around, doctors are doing their thing, and Alton's father began to yell, The Lord is healing me! The Lord is healing me! The Lord is healing me! They hear this yelling coming from his room. They go, they take him, they do some examinations, they do some uh, you know, radiography, whatever it is they do. And he said, I'm going to walk again. And he starts trying to get up and walking. And the doctors say, you, Mr. Garrison, have exceeded our expectations. You are going to recover. Praise God. This is a true story. That body cast, they put him in one, and guess where he wanted to go? To the house of the Lord. He went right into the house of the Lord. And guess who was right there to whisper in his ear? You won't be able to dance. And you know what Alton's father did? Even though he was in the church in that body cast. And he's heard that voice. You will not be able to dance before your God. Alton's father stood up in that body cast and said, You mean like this devil? And he started dancing in that body cast right there in that church. You mean like this devil? Sometimes you just have to shove it right back in his face. Amen? Because we are the children of hope. We are the children of God's promise. So don't let the world or even the devil see you as a defeated weakling. Amen? Don't let him see it. Let them see the victor, the conqueror that you are called to be and that you are. Amen. Remember that you come from a long line of champions. Do you not? If you need to remember your lineage, look into the scriptures and see who you are in Christ Jesus. Winning is in our blood. Amen. You know why? Because we belong to Jesus. Winning is in our blood. Respond with a victory shout. Hallelujah. Praise and boast in our God. Our third point is this. Joseph, when you think about it, a godly response can transform your situation. And I will say a godly response can transform any situation. Joseph's attitude and his response changed his situation. Do you believe in chance at work? I'm surrounded by the word chance. You know why? It's a fragrance. Chanel has a fragrance called Chance. And you know why young ladies put on Chance? Because according to the marketing, you never know what might happen. <laughs> and there's four different fragrances of Chance. Chance Fresh, 
chance yellow, chance green, chance this. It's all by chance. What can happen in a day? No one knows. Well, let me tell you, chance is something what can happen, but I want to tell you, it wasn't by chance that Joseph took charge of the prison. It was God's plan. It wasn't by good fortune that Joseph was placed in charge of Potiphar's entire household and rose to become the ruler of Egypt right below Pharaoh. How in the world do you go from the prison incarcerated to the number two big shot in the entire land of Egypt? If you want to look and next time you see those beautiful pyramids on any advertisement, think about Joseph being in charge of that land as number two guy coming from a prison. It wasn't by good fortune that that happened. It was planned by a God who is the planner of the ages. Amen. God was in control. And let me tell you, church, God is still in control. Hallelujah. He never stopped being in control. All of those setbacks, he is in the details. Joseph, he let his setbacks transform and transition into a setup of blessing don't we want to be blessed he let it turn into a blessing he never turned his back on the lord but he continued to do what trust and hope in him that's why joseph could tell potiphar's wife no way lady I will not sin against the Lord and be a cause of wickedness. That's why Joseph could tell the prison warden, you know what, since I'm so highly favored around here, go put your feet up and grab a latte and I'll run the joint for you. There's nothing to worry about here. That's why Joseph could tell the Pharaoh, okay, so let me get this straight, Pharaoh. You want to put me in charge of the whole land of Egypt. You want to put me in charge of everything that goes on. You want to put a signet ring on my fingers so I can sign documents whenever I want. You want me to wear fine linens, put a gold chain on my neck, and I get to ride around in your chariot? Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. 1 Peter 5.10, I wanted to mention this because I thought it's really interesting. 1 Peter 5.10 And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you had suffered a little while, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Isn't that a great scripture? The Lord knows we are going to suffer, but what's on the other hand, side of that? He will restore you make you strong, make you firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So let's talk about Alton's father, the Alzheimer's. When Alton was praying for his dad, he had the recovery from the spine injury, but then the Alzheimer's was something to deal with. The devil came to Alton and said to him, Alzheimer's will kill your father's ministry. He will never preach again. Alton spoke back audibly and said, Devil, my father belongs to the Lord, and when his body passes, he gains heaven and eternity with Father God. Now that's an awesome transformation. God is still in the business of transforming and blessing lives, and this is a reason to have hope. Praise God. Fourth, I wanted to mention this. So forth, declare that God is with you when? Always. Sometimes you might not feel it, but who cares what feelings tell you, amen? 
Sometimes you need to tell the feelings, hush in Jesus' name. <laughs> Zip it. Live like Joseph and declare that God is with you no matter what. Don't give up, amen? Don't give up on the Lord. Don't let life and the devil defeat you. Don't let sin crush you. Trust in the Lord for greater things, amen? Greater things. He is the God of greater things. Am I wrong? Trust in Him for greater things. Greater blessings, greater healings, greater restorations, greater power, greater victory. He is a great God. And He is big enough, amen? In fact, the song says, He has all the power you need. So let the world see God's spirit of strength rise in you and give you the best hope possible because the Holy Spirit truly is a deposit that dwells in you. So we can have hope because we are the home of the spirit of the living God. We are that home. Joseph, when he laid out his plans to save Egypt from devastation and famine, the Pharaoh, who was what? A total pagan... The Pharaoh declares and says something that is amazing about one of God's own. And he says, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the Spirit of God? You know who reveals those truths? The Spirit of God. In whom is the Spirit of God? Since God has made this all known to you, Joseph, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. I think he saw something special, don't you? This is one of those moments... Moses says this in Deuteronomy, Be strong, be courageous. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Has discouragement been following you lately? Has that hopelessness been following you lately? Jesus says this in Matthew, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Wow. Declare that God is with you always. Declare it. And when the devil comes against you, declare it to him too. God is with me always. Last point is this. Let's put it up. With God, tough situations are turned around for his victory. Amen. He's the God of turning things around. Isn't that wonderful? He can flip-flop things in two seconds. It's lovely. Is two seconds even too long for him? It will say half a second. He can flip-flop in half a second. And victory is the word that we are looking to live in our life. Joseph knew what it was like to live stuck in a pit. He knew what it was like to live owned by slave traders. But on the other side, he also knew what it was like to live in a beautiful palace in charge of a big shot's house and also second ruler of a nation. When you belong to the Lord, get used to victory, people of God, because it is yours, amen. I don't care what the devil says. I'm going to say it again. I don't care what the devil says. Lies are lies. Hallelujah. We are such a good spot to remember that God tells truth, amen. And lies are lies. The spilt blood of Jesus won us the victory at the cross. So we need to believe and be free, amen. And the blood that gives you strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. 
For it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. It soothes our doubts, hallelujah, and calms our fears, and it dries away all our tears. The blood that gives us strength from day to day, it truly will never lose its power. Alton had a problem. His mother was beginning to lose her faith. Her husband, about three to four months after the Alzheimer's diagnosis, went brain dead within three to four months. No brain activity. Alton began praying for his father right in front of the mother, and guess what mom says? Mom looked at Alton and said, Don't you ever pray in my presence again. And Alton said, Mom, what are you talking about? And she said, Alton, when you need the Lord, he turns his back on you. It's a joke. Mother had lost her faith. Have you ever had your faith really come through a challenge? Mother had lost her faith. Don't you ever pray in my presence again. Alton went before the Lord and said, Lord, guess what his prayer was? You want to guess? It's wild. I'm going to tell you what he prayed. He said, Lord, you have a big problem on your hand. Mom has lost her faith, and what are you going to do about it? (laughs) And you know why Alton could pray that prayer? Because God is big enough, amen? And not only that, but Alton knows that God is the God of turnaround situations. Joseph knew that. He named his two sons amazing things. He had one son named Manasseh and the other one Ephraim. Manasseh means Hebrew for forget. Why did he name his son forget? Because he says, and his firstborn son, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble. Oh, praise God. That sounds like hope, does it not? And his second son, Ephraim, Hebrew for twice fruitful. And he said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. He remembered what happened to him, and God had stricken it. Hallelujah, with blessing. So as we conclude this morning, I wanted to finish the story a little bit. When it seems that there is no hope, we are so wrong, amen? We are wonderfully wrong. There is the greatest hope imaginable. Still in the miracle business, the Lord is. Hallelujah. And Alton says, if he's done it before, he can do it again. If the Lord has done it before, he can do it again. Joseph, in Genesis 50, he tells his brothers that started this whole crazy thing, selling him into slavery, getting him in prison, the whole deal. He tells his brothers, you intended to harm me. But guess what? God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done now. The saving of many lives through this famine. And then he goes a step further. And this is a crazy way to look at a situation. I don't think many of us could be stuck in a pit and sold to slave traders and say this. It wasn't you brothers that sent me here. It was God. Wow. What a perspective. What an attitude. So Alton's mother was sitting by her husband's hospital bed, lifeless, no activity in his brain. She's sitting in the hospital room, and the Lord broke through 
her no hope zone, her wise zone. The Lord broke through and spoke directly to her and said, go sit next to your husband. He's going to speak to you today. Come on. Come on, Lord. This guy's been no activity for four months. But she entertained the notion and she went and pulled up a chair next to her husband. The moment she did that, his eyes began to flutter. His mouth began to tremble. He looked around the room. He's looking around the room. He catches her eyes and he looks right at her. She couldn't believe it was happening. You have to be kidding me. And as his eyes looked at her, he said perfectly, You know what, honey? God still answers prayer. He mumbled in his spirit for about another five to ten minutes. Never spoke again. Passed away shortly after. Mom says to Alton, You know, your dad wasn't just my husband. He was also my pastor. The Lord knew the only man that I listened to is my pastor and my husband. So the Lord let him preach to me one last sermon. The Lord still answers prayers. He let me have that last sermon in the hospital room. My hope has been restored, son, and the Lord is good. So maybe some of us need to put our hope greater in Jesus today, amen? We need to hear that last sermon of Alton's father today. The Lord still answers prayer. Did you need to hear that today? The Lord still answers prayer. You know what, honey? <laughs> the Lord still answers prayers. We are the apple of God's eye, amen? He is still in that business of loving His people, loving His children, and answering prayers. So don't let hope wane and dwindle on you. Let it arise in you in Jesus' name, amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank You for this wonderful story of Joseph and Alton's family. We thank you, Lord, that today, truly, with any situation, it can be turned around for victory. Hallelujah. We declare it today that we are the people of victory. We are the people of hope. We are the people that truly place our hope in a God that can do all things. And just like Joseph, Lord, we declare that God is always with us. We are never forsaken, never forgotten. Hallelujah. No matter what. We are always found firmly in you. And when the devil comes and lies to us, Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, from his throne. No authority is given you in Jesus' name. And all we remember today, too, 
that a godly attitude, Lord, and a godly response can transform any situation because God is in it. Hallelujah. That truly that response and that attitude matters more than the circumstance, does it not? Amen. And Lord, when we ever ask that why zone, may we ask it and move on from it as quick as possible. Hallelujah. May we never get stuck there, but may we let hope arise. And in Jesus' name we pray and we fellowship this day, the people of hope, the people of promise, the people of God's victory. Jesus' name. Amen.